Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's a drunken soiree in the whiffy. Chris and Stu present our core listing the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm one half of your presenting duo. I'm Stu Whiffin and sitting opposite me via the means of Zoom is... Uh, good at greetings. It's Christopher William Glasson. All right. I'm, I'm spectacular. Really good, mate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Putting on the pounds. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I've literally, as I sit down now... I'm seeing like less and less of my legs oh. when I'm sitting in this chair. It feels like the belly's just kind of, it's like, it feels a bit sort of swollen and hard and it's like my belly and it's like, and, and I don't know why it is. I'm not necessarily eating what, but it is, I think, just having them extra couple of glasses of wine like of a night that I wouldn't normally have. Mm. I think it's that. I think it's booze. I've too, I've, my, uh, my, uh, um, my page on my phone now, my front landing page is me looking like a, a, a state sat eating and Molly's like why have you set that as your homepage and I'm like because you're going to divorce me soon if I don't change my behaviour <laughs> well um, we before we do anything else we should say that um, we've got a guest tonight um, yes. and the last time uh, we, we, we hung out with uh, today's guest uh, we was all quite drunk with um, with James and with Pip oh yeah so uh, hello Ed Gamble you alright Hello, yeah, very good. I am in a better state than I was last time I saw both of you. How, how was you the next day? I think compared to how James was and compared to how Pip said he was, I think I was absolutely fine. I have a, I have a real skill of seeming like I'm fine when I'm deeply, deeply hammered. Yeah. And, and I'd hit like proper red wine drunk when we were recording <laughs> the drunk car. So I, cause I think I'd planned on getting tip, like tipsy to mid-pissed, I thought I'd do. Yeah. I'd do a yeah. bottle of wine and I'd be happy with that. And then I'd done the bottle and we were only about an hour in. Yeah. So I opened another bottle and did, <laughs> I did two bottles of wine. So I was like deep wading through the ravine of shit faced by the time we finished. But I think Pip threw up straight afterwards and James had a horrible night. Yeah, I think. Pip, Pip doesn't drink a lot. And uh, yeah, he's had a few nightmares that have involved, I think, one drunk cast, which was a Christmas special. Um, he was sick about seven times uh, as we were driving home, and his mum was giving us a his, home. No, his mum was driving us as yeah. well. And he had to yeah. pull over and have. Yeah. To say he, yeah. he wasn't driving. Right? <laughs> yeah, that time. Um, <laughs> and then he had to pull over and have an emergency poo in a cricket ground, wasn't it? Or something like that? In a, in a cricket yeah, club, so when, yeah. When he, he's committed to it. I respect him for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we should clarify, not in the toilets of the cricket club, in, in, on the pitch. Just on the, on like the crease, is it? He, he went right, the crease, yeah. <laughs> um, better to get it on the crease than on your exactly. own crease, I suppose. That's the... um, well, you mentioned a very unique top five on the drunk cast, uh, and so we, we, we was quick to jump, jump on you to, uh, to get you on here to do that. So do you want to introduce yeah. the, the top five you're going to do, Ed? Sure. I mean, I, I obviously only vaguely remembered this the next morning and then Chris immediately texted me to say, is that something you want to come on and do? And I was sort of like, oh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, because it's not, I don't think it's necessarily within my uh, personality or brand, but I have come up with them fairly quickly. Uh, so I woke up the next morning after the drunk cast and I went onto my phone and I went to Google something on my phone and the page I had open was... Uh, 
a Google search for Samantha Janus naked in uh, the film Up and Under. Fuck. Uh, I've, I've, I've not listened back to the drunk cast, and now it's coming back. That conversation. Yeah. Oh, my. So we were talking about that being a sort of like a pivotal moment in a lot of our lives. And I think uh, one of us mentioned, it was probably me, uh, that I should do top five nude scenes uh, on, your, on your podcast. And I decided, by the way, I put rules on myself to discount the up and under okay. scene. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. Because we've got, I feel like we've already discussed yeah, yeah, exactly. it within the within the within the podcast yeah. universe. So you know, I don't I don't want to go through all that again, even it's, though I can't remember. It's, what the it's fuck had its airtime, anyway. and if people want to, you know, hear that, just go and check out the you know the drunk part, drunk cast over on Distraction Pieces. Yeah, or just go, or just Google it because, <laughs> uh, as I found, there are just some screenshots of it available <laughs> on Google Images. Have you put any other? Um, Restrictions on this, Ed, or is that the only only sort of restriction on your your top five? What's the is there any rules around it? There's no there's no other rules around it. That was the only restriction. Okay. I, I decided to actually go broader than the initial thought. So the initial thought is you go nude scenes for uh, the ones that sexually titillated you. Oh, okay. Um, but I've decided to go. I've decided to broaden it out to they're not necessarily all sexually yeah. titillating. Uh, one of them's just funny, um, and also uh, a lot of them. I mean, most of them are from a particular time in my life. It's that sort of <laughs> sexual awakening time. Of course, it? of course. That, when if if you see them at a specific moment in your life, that's when they really. I mean, and I mean this, burn themselves onto your memory. <laughs> they yeah. hit home. I when when we said we'd do this. After we, we did the drunk cast and I mentioned one and then like after we spoke about it the next day and I tried to get you when you might have still been drunk Ed to come on basically and uh, <laughs> and then I thought yeah sex nude scenes nude scenes and then the first three I picked I thought I'd, they'd be titillating the first three I picked I realised all involved prosthetics or they weren't real <laughs> I was like that's a, that's strange that I went straight to just weird shit so I, I might drop a few in at some point. Okay. Uh, okay. So that's that's immediately you saying that has reminded me of one that I definitely should have picked but didn't. <laughs> you can. You but can. But if you're going to discuss sure, it, that's sure. fine. You can throw some sure, honourable mentions sure. in, Ed. Yeah. Great. Uh, also, um, no, no porn. Yeah. That was my other rule. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, commercial, commercially yeah. available yeah. above the counter. <laughs> We films. don't want They're you films, uh, actually, spoiling yeah. the ending of uh, the Pornhub series, Ed. You know, not everyone's watching. No, exactly. It, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Ed, are they in any order? Are they in like five being, you know, your least favourite, and one being your favourite, or are they just five, five? Uh, sort of. I've done that, but it's more that's the order I want to discuss sure. them in, okay. rather than that being any qualitative <laughs> judgment on them. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. So, if you're, are, are you ready to kick off? Number with five, mate. Boring number five. Let's do it. I've picked this as my number five simply because let's get it out of the way. I'm sure everyone thinks of it. It's I think certainly <laughs> everyone, everyone of my age it, probably yeah. thinks of it. Everyone thinks of it when you think nude scenes in films, especially in a film where you don't necessarily expect it and it certainly doesn't need it. It's Kate Winslet and Titanic. <laughs> Paint me like one of your French girls. If I knew like when I was a youngster, <laughs> I had I couldn't be bothered to watch it. The idea of three hours of a movie Don't yeah. ever do that voice again, by the way, Chris. <laughs> I avoided it, Fuck and then no. only recently, about six months ago, I watched it. And if I knew Kate Winslet was naked in it, I'd have watched it twenty years yeah. ago. It was. It was like I remember. I saw it in the cinema with my mum uh, and uh, my best friend. We went to the cinema, uh, and it was like it was simultaneously a reward yeah. and a punishment all at once. Because <laughs> I, I didn't want to go and see that film. It's certainly not my sort of film. And then when that happened, I was like, I cannot believe my luck <laughs> that Kate Winslet is naked in this film. And then also, I remembered I was sat next to my mum. I was like, this is the worst day of my life. Such a double-edged sword. Was yeah, it, it really wasn't is. Wasn't we discussing really this the other day, Stu, about when you you end up watching, like something comes on the telly that's a bit naughty and you're with your parents and it's just the most uncomfortable sort of thing to have to go through. Um, that that definitely happened to me with American Wolf in London. I remember like watching it and thinking I was really tough in front of my parents, going, "Yeah, I'm not scared. I'm not scared." Then the sex scene came on, and then I was like, <laughs> "Oh, the horror!" It was far more horrific what I had to endure for the whole length well, of that's, Moon Dance. 
that's another classic, isn't it? American Werewolf in London. Is that is that is it? Who is it? Is it Jenny Agatha? Yeah, yeah. Is it a shower scene as well? It's another shower yep, scene, isn't yep, it? Yeah, there's a the shower scene. Then there's a the love making scene. Yep. Also, I just want to make this very clear. This it wasn't like Chris contacted me and said. You can do any top five in the world. What do you pick? And I immediately went, top five new teeth. I'm an absolute pervert. It happened to come up in conversation. We thought it'd be funny and we've run with it. There's many other top fives I probably would have rather done for my brand. But here we are. Even then, you mentioned American Werewolf in London. I'm like, yeah, Jenny Agatha in the shower. I'm not... uh, 16 minutes, 33 seconds in. I'm not Mr. Skin. I I don't know all of these things off by heart. Brilliant. Well, we were thinking that because actually, one thing we talked about a lot on the uh, on the drunk cast was new metal. So there's always there's always yeah. that chat at some point, Ed. Uh, new metal. Yeah, we can do we can do uh, we can do top five uh, underappreciated <laughs> new metal bands. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so do you want to do another one? Because well, I've got a few that I want to throw in, but I'm I'm conscious. I'm, I'm I'm a bit worried that I might say some that you've chosen. Sure. Okay. Yeah, have you got any? Have well, you got any naked? At the moment, I've genuinely just googled Titanic nude scene, Kate Winslet. <laughs> have, just looking out of my phone. Ha- pathetic. Have you got any naked men on your list? Uh, I have one naked man on my list. Okay. Uh, and I had that to dis- Let's just discuss that next because it's not. It's not going to be. It's not in a particular order. Okay. Cool. Uh, so I think this is the best comedy nude scene. Uh, because the male body is inherently funnier than the female body. Yep. I think it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> that we're built like that. Uh, and it's uh, Jason Siegel in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's really good. Is uh, It happens so early on in the film. It's a full frontal nude <laughs> shot, which is just hilarious. If, when you see a dick in context, it's even funnier. <laughs> and he's being broken up with at the time. He drops his towel in shock. <laughs> Uh, and Kristen Bell breaks up with him, and he's and he's got a hilarious body. It's like it's not a bad body. It's not like look at that gross man. It's just he's just such a comedy. He's such a comedy sort of he, the way he's built is just like a yeah. cartoon character. I love it. It, make, it makes me. Well, laugh that's what so I like much. about it is the fact that he's not an Adonis. Sorry, Jason, if you're listening, tweeting. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's got he's got quite a like an odd blobby sort of shaped body, hasn't he? I'm not, he's not like huge, but it's just. It's, it's very no, much like all. my own. It's quite normal, like quite a normal, normal <laughs> body. Like, but it's also just he is such a funny comedy actor, and his face when he's butt naked, being broken up with, and the sort of shame of that happening at the same time, and then having to sit down, and the way his body all folds up when he sits down. It's just it's, it's really funny. Well, I, I'm I'm going to throw a, a, a naked Go man in, in in the mix as well. Then so. Mine is somebody that is, is, is way more out of shape. And I don't even know the actor's name. <laughs> no, I can't going. even remember what the character's name is, but I'm going to talk Borat. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and the scene that goes on and on and on. And you think, it can't carry... I was carrying on. And it's just, A, fucking hilarious. To the fact that it, it just starts with his balls in Sasha Bowen's <laughs> face. And, then, and just the... Gigantic run through the hotel is is one of the oh, greatest nude incredible. scenes ever. I love that you said my my uh, pick is way more out of shape, and I don't know his name. You couldn't even be bothered to give him the dignity of a name. You said this fat bloke from Borough. But it is amazing that is someone who couldn't give two shits. Like he's just. He's just completely free with what he's doing, getting his balls out. I mean, I hope that that's what it was, that he's just so free as an actor that he was totally willing to fulfil that rather than he'd not had a part in years and the only way he could get yeah. into a film was by getting his nuts out. <laughs> that's a very good point. Um, and I'm going to throw one more quick one in while we're discussing Naked Men. Sure, you were um, very keen just, to get into it, Naked Men, Stu. You're very keen. <laughs> it's just that... Opening sure. scene. I think it might even be one of the first times you see uh, Graham Chapman in Life of Brian when he just opens <laughs> oh, the yeah. shutters and he's completely yeah. naked and there's just hundreds <laughs> of people there. Like that that scene, I think, is magnificent. It's the full frontal nude men. It's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know how my fiance doesn't laugh every single fucking day. 
Just ridiculous. My girlfriend looked at my dick the other day and went, just always looks painful. I was like, what does that mean, Molly? <laughs> Leave it out. Um, well, while we're talking about um, naked men, that, it, that, I mean, and I'll mix that with prosthetics. Um, one of the great, one of my favourite movies is uh, Boogie Nights. And it was one of Mark Wahlberg's first films. And one of the closing scenes in that is uh, obviously he plays a guy whose character is somewhat based on John Holmes, the, the porn star. And throughout the movie, it's a bit like Jaws. You know, you don't really see much. They just tease it all the way. And, it's just like Jaws. And it's so much better for it because throughout the film, right, he's like getting it out for like porn producers and all they're doing is sort of like staring at it and then looking up like lovingly into his eyes, like so impressed. And that the bit like the, one of the last scenes is he's sort of like amping himself up and uh, he just whips out this absolutely huge dong. And I didn't know a lot about Mark Wahlberg at the time. I was like, is that real? Is that fake? But um, I've done my research. It was a it was a fake wang, but it was a uh, one incredible fake fake wang. So I had to throw that in there. Shout out to Michael Fassbender. <laughs> We've all seen Shame, right? <laughs> Always a shout out. <laughs> You've seen it enough of me, mate. You've seen it about 20 times. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, number three, Ed. Okay, which one am I going to pick? We've done... There's the only man on on my list. Uh, we've done Titanic. Uh, so there's sort of two... Well, they're all sort of coming-of-age sexual ones, really. With all stories attached. Um, let's just go straight in for this one. I don't even know if it counts as a nude scene, but in my head it was a nude scene. This is how affecting this was to me, that it was totally a nude scene in my head, and I've obviously gone back and looked at it, and it is the side of a boob. Uh, and it's Barbara Windsor and Carry On Camping. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of that. I can't believe it. Yeah, It's because it was on ITV. So I saw it on ITV, and they... Like it's the bit where they're doing the workout and then her bikini top pings off and then you get a tiny look of a side boob and then she covers herself up and pushes them down. And honestly, men are pathetic because I've never forgotten that. I mean, that's it's etched in my brain that. <clears throat> and, yeah. and I should point out that Carry On Camping was on about three weeks ago and I was doing some work in the front room and my wife <laughs> shouted out, Quick, get in here. And it was just as she started doing the, the exercise routine. I was like, oh, fantastic. Classic carry on camping. I love it. Get in here. Get in here. Quick, you're going to miss it. She's going to record it for well, you, like, mate, couldn't she? Look at that technology now. Yeah. She wanted you to catch it live with the rest of the country watching it. Would you have been watching that with your folks, though? No, I, I don't think I would have seen that with... I think that would have been me flicking and then realising that the, the carry-on films could be a source of titillation mm. rather than comedy. I, I don't think I watched them as comedies between the ages of sort of 8 and 13. Yeah. I think it was all about, you know, hoping yeah. to see a little Shoot, bit no of no one watched Euro Trash with their parents, did they? Come on, <laughs> no, exactly. let's be honest. Well, I, obviously I'm way older than you, uh, and so... What I, I kind of got exposed to uh, as a teen was the kind of the, the next run up the ladder from the Carry On franchise was the Confessions franchise, which was Robin Asquith as a, a driving instructor, a window cleaner, or a plumber, oh. and, and and I mean they are shockingly bad films, but as a you know as a as a young teen it was like there's going to be some boobs in this. I'm 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 gonna I'm I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch. See, th this is even sadder, but I've never seen a Confessions of film, but I remember standing in Blockbuster looking at the back of the video case. <laughs> I used to go and seek them out and then go and look at the back of the video case because they'd show quite a lot on those as well. <laughs> Distinctly remember, I think it's Window Cleaner where on the back of the video case, one of the screenshots is of she's straddling him. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, raunchy. <laughs> You know, Ed, but, that's very good memory. How now. desensitized to that now? You'll probably see that Ed and be like, "That's that's absolutely yeah, yeah, exactly." But as a kid, yeah, go looking in, looking at the back yeah. case and Once just a week, committing it to memory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just running, go shutting my eyes and running home, just trying to keep it in there. <laughs> but that that was like that was definitely a thing, uh, you know, as a child of the 
the eighties, you know, going to the video shop and and kind of and, and not just looking at, at at the top shelf, just thinking, wow, like who who gets them, like who who <laughs> hires them out, who's brave enough? Because obviously I was too young. But you know, and it wasn't just that; it was the horror films as well. You wanted to kind of look at the back covers of the horrors as well. But yeah, them 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 kind of top shelf ones. It was like. I don't think I ever saw anybody get one of them out from a video shop. No. Just everyone looking oh, at the case. Yeah. It, it really was. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Do they come in at a certain I, hour when they know? Is it really I, like last minute closing time? They All the shifty people come in and... I don't know. I think there'd actually be a business in... You, didn't even, you don't even have to make the film. You just rent out the cases. <laughs> you just make up a film, just put some sort of saucy pictures on the back of it and men would pay sort of five quid to have it for the weekend. The only time I ever got in, in a really embarrassing situation in a video shop was the one literally around the corner to me where I used to sort of regularly rent out videos to the point where, you know, the, the, the woman in her probably 60s that worked in there knew my name and, and we would have like a kind of an exchange of, of, of words that we would like do the transaction and stuff. And then when they made the Howard Stern film, Private Parts, I went in there and rented it out. And she was also chatting to another woman in there. And I went, there you go. And she went, oh, what you got? Private parts. And the other woman looked at me like I was a pervert. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's, it's about a DJ. And now you just think, what's yeah. the point? I'm, like, I, I, I'm not getting out of this hole. I've just got to like take it on the chin. Yeah, yeah private parts. But also shout out to a scene in private parts, the speaker, the speaker oh, yeah. scene where he makes yeah. a woman come uh, through the speaker. Yep. That's another one that could have made the list. I know. I know. Yeah, it's, it's literally doing what you just done there, Chris, on a microphone. Oh, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any you want to throw in there, Chris? Well, talking, we, we said about uncomfortable watching and, and renting things, so I'll throw this one in. My, it's not even me. This is a, a good mate of mine, Mark. He had hired uh, a, a tough movie to watch. Great movie. Uh, irreversible. Gaspar Noe. And uh, the very first scene in that is following a man trying to revenge something that you don't really understand. And he's going through a, a, a fetish club called Anus. And basically, my mate rented that, sat at home and started watching it when his stepdad walked in. And his stepdad was very like a, just a man's man and very 80s. And uh, he was like, do, do, what are you watching? Mark said, oh, I don't know, I've just put it on. I heard it's quite good. And then he had to proceed to watch the opening scene, which involves fisting. One man fisting another guy. <laughs> and Mark was like, his stepdad just got up and walked out. And Mark was like, what does he think I am? I know just hire these like, crazy films. So, yeah. I mean, I've, I felt pretty uncomfortable watching a carry-on around my folks. A Gasper No film. It just doesn't <laughs> no. happen, does it? You well, wouldn't it go the there. the first one he'd watch. I think by the time like, um, he tried to watch any others, he was like, absolutely not going to be putting on Climax with my parents, basically. Um, another one. Let me have a think. Um, I couldn't stop listing. Have you got any more, have you got any more like prosthetic ones or... Yeah, I do. Because I hadn't considered that, and then the ultimate, the yeah, it has popped up. The ultimate prosthetics nude scene for me uh, is Total Recall. Amazing. That's where you was going, wasn't it, Chris? It's 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 one of the other five prosthetics I got, but that's the first one that I thought of when you said that was went straight to that. Yeah, that is it. I mean that. Uh, that film, I think I saw that relatively young, maybe fourteen or fifteen. I could, I, f- I found it hilarious then. There's no, I couldn't. It wasn't sexual me viewing that. It's the three three breasted woman is absolutely hilarious. It's a stroke of genius. Oh, it's a great so film anyway. I, I love that film. I think it's a masterpiece. But that as a talking point is great. It's amazing. Isn't it? And the guy's line, I think, the guy's response when the. The, 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 the woman bears all and the guy's response is uh, makes me wish I had three hands <laughs> and he's like that's that's a great, <laughs> great 80s one liner that is it's so it's so 80s it's so 80s in just like it's uh, it's understanding and uh, handling of yeah. sexual politics uh, the sort of smart one liner it's, it's it makes me wish I had three hands <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant yeah that's that is that, I went straight to that one and then I did think, what am I doing? There's, there's plenty of other normal nude scenes. But um, like you say, I think like when you're young, 
as if a woman with three breasts isn't gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna forget seeing three a three breasted woman are you ever? <laughs> Does it worry you that when we talk, when we started talking about top five new scenes, your immediate go to was <laughs> Well prosthetics. I'll tell you what, it did. <laughs> It is nice that we've helped you discover a fetish. It did, Ed, until uh, the, the, my girlfriend said, so what, so what is it today? Uh, nude scene. She oh, brilliant. She had a little thing. She went, <laughs> she went, E.T.'s always nude. <laughs> right, well, you well, found Exactly. I figured, you know, well, you're, you're on my wavelength. Amazing. E.T. E.T. doesn't have a dick <laughs> flopping around, though, does I, he? Yeah, I'm pretty certain. Like a three-breasted woman, you'd remember a, like a, a three-foot-tall alien yeah. with a wang. But that was like, total recall. I, I remember like literally everybody going back into school, and all they spoke about was the woman with three tits. It, it was just the absolute focal point of the film. Yeah, it was great. I still think about it quite a lot. I don't know if I'd they say. did that in the remake. I'm not sure. I have seen it, but I can't really... It's just all just... I think the remake was a bit more serious, I think. It was a bit more sort of considered. In a... Yeah, it wasn't yeah. great. Like I think it was a bit less fun. I don't think they did the... You can't... I mean, you're going to... You have to up it, don't you, if it's a remake. So they should have done six. six. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, yeah. That's what we need three to Three on see. the front, three on the back. <laughs> on the back. That would have been, if you go, oh god, retreading old ground, and then she turns around, she's got three on her back as well. Uh, um, Ed, have any of yours? Uh, obviously, um, you're, you're, you're famous for your podcast um, about food. Do any of yours in, involve food and big parts of food? They don't actually. Although there's a, there's a couple of famous ones, I guess, aren't there? Yes. Although I don't think this is a nude scene. But I th- and I think it's a parody of another film that I've not seen, but I think it's Hot Shots Part Deux, uh, where Charlie Sheen starts using stuff from the fridge uh, during a sexual encounter and just gets everything from the fridge and pours it all over it. <laughs> fries an egg on her stomach. That's that's I mean, stuck yeah. in my mind. Yeah, he fries an egg on her stomach exactly. <laughs> but I think is that that's a parody of a of another film. Well, right? Is it the one you're going to say, Stu? Nine and a half weeks was that what you used to go? Yeah. That's I think that's what it's the parody of, but that's not what I was going to go with. I was going to go um, with, uh, which probably will be my number one, uh, which is Erica Elenak coming out of a giant cake in Under Siege. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That crossed my mind as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Erica Elenak was um, in E.T. Was she? So... Yeah, um, know the scene where um, Elliot's letting all the frogs go yeah. and then he runs up and, and, and kisses the girl. Oh, that's her. That's ah. Erica Ellenac, yeah. What a career. <laughs> I know. <laughs> E.T. and then Naked in a Cake in a Steven Seagal film. I can't think, like, knowing more now about Seagal, that, gets, that makes me feel even more creepy, though, the cake scene, because that, probably, that probably wasn't in the script. And he was like, <laughs> Tell you what we should have here. Do you think he turned up with the cake? Yeah. He's like, look, I've just, I've got this in the back of the car. I've just had a quick idea on the way in. Just knock this up. This yeah. doesn't make any sense in the film. Honestly, do not worry. <laughs> Hear me out. I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> um, okay, Chris. Any more before we get on to Ed's? Wait, Where are you at? Two or one, Ed? Two. You're on now. Yeah, we've done. Yeah, carry on camping, Titanic, and forgetting Sarah no, Marshall. For, for, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. I got for, two left. I've number got two, two left. Go on. What you got? Uh, this is. I've spoken. I think I've spoken about this on off menu before, but it's such a big uh, nude scene for me. Uh, it's <laughs> Hackers. It's Angelina Jolie and Hackers. Got it on here, mate. Got uh, it on here. Be- oh, nice. Because I saw it probably when I was thirteen, uh, and we were on a school trip to France. Um, and they showed it on the ferry. Incredible. We we were on the ferry and they had like a little cinema room. Uh, and they, they, it was like a long ferry trip. And they were like, well, come in here. They're going to put a film on now. And they showed Hackers. And they showed the scene where Angelina Jolie takes her top off, which is with Johnny Lee Miller. And like the place went fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like Beatlemania. <laughs> People just went mad. <laughs> Just feral, like yeah. 
Everyone's pulling their trousers down, running towards the screen. Just a boat full of boys just going absolutely mad. Well, they, like, I always feel that on, on our trips, especially when they went abroad, like we were kind of like, you'd go into the news agents and there was a lot more pornography going in there. And when you're like a 14-year-old boy, that's quite a, a crazy sort of thing because... I think we went to, I don't know, we went to Belgium at one point and yeah, we, there was just, we went in one of the shops. We couldn't believe how within reach this pornography was. So yeah. I definitely remember that being And a thing. like cigarettes, porn cigarettes, bangers and ninja stars. <laughs> that's, that's what a trip to France was. I brought a ninja star and got it back on the bus on a school man. trip and then was throwing it in the garden and it went over the garden fence and landed near a neighbour who was digging and then that was taken away from me I basically nearly killed a neighbour with ninja apparatus when I was 12 my friend friend smuggled weapons back for me before on holiday like knives this long like throwing those got this for you I was like how did you get that back just in my suitcase the the one thing that I smuggled back I didn't even smuggle back it was probably totally legal um, was it was a flick comb. It was like a flick knife, but it was a comb. And then like, everyone was like, yeah, you've got to pull the comb out and then crush the metal bit and then sharpen that up and then like, you can kill someone. <laughs> Wicked. It's a lot, a lot of hard work. I forgot you went to school in prison. <laughs> I rem- I, um, this is just reminded me of a story. This wasn't in France or anything, but a couple of friends from school who thought they were bad boys um, said uh, that they went, oh, on the weekend, we're going to Camden Market and we're going to buy knives. Sick. So they each, they each took... This is, this is genuinely true. I went, I'm not, I'm not coming with you. Found out on Monday, they'd each taken 30 quid to Camden Market to go and buy a knife and they were mugged on the way to buy a knife. <laughs> buy a knife at knife point. <laughs> Straight away. They were like, yeah, we got our knife money. Give me all your money. Uh, okay. We, <laughs> I have no we, way of protecting myself in this a situation. too late. I I remember buying joysticks from Camden Market and not sure if that was illegal. (laughs) We did the same with those herbal cigarettes, you know, like the the really stinky herbal cigarettes that I think we thought they were weed, but they're just horrible cigs. I got some, I remember buying some at V97 and thinking, oh, what's going to go on here? And I uh, was massively disappointed. <laughs> just, <laughs> just felt like oregano or whatever. What's that? Have you guys seen Idle Hands, where he smokes smokes oregano, the horror film? Yeah. Yeah, it was an absolute letdown. Have you never smoked? You've never smoked? Have you smoked any? Yes. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You have, Stu. Have you smoked any sort of like weed substitute before, or is it just your friends who used to smoke their chemistry sets? Yeah, he smoked. He he smoked the chemistry set, but that that really messed him up. Um, but that was one of them things where you had like a week where you, what someone's mum and dad was away, so you'd all move in round there, and 
And then at the beginning of the week, everyone will start drying out their banana skins to smoke them at the end of the week, which done fuck all, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, but it was just one of them things that you had to do. But yeah, they were, I mean, that was the same week that the, the, the guy obviously found his younger brother's chemistry set and smoked it in the loft. <laughs> but that when they couldn't find anything else to try and get high on, they were going, oh, right, look, if, if we heat this up, and I remember... Like the sort of thing that my dad would do if he had a cold in the eighties. Like they, they literally had a towel over their head over this like hot saucepan, like on on the stove. But they were boiling up um, his dad's bottle of Curos aftershave, <laughs> and was just like sn- like trying to get high off the fumes of Curos. It was fucking oh. vile. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, I think uh, th- that that was it really, and I think like. We'd always kind of, if there was like loads of legal hires and stuff when like I was around sort of like more like legal hallucinogens because I think like when I was like sort of 17, 18, like everyone was doing acid trips and it was like, oh yeah, they can do this one and like none of them ever done anything. Poppers, we, we used to buy poppers from Camden Market. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, it's, Camden Market <coughs> was basically poppers, Josh Dicks. Bongs tie dye, um, like like that T-shirt you're wearing right now, and uh, sc- <laughs> skull ashtrays. You can fucking go yeah. anywhere without skull yeah, ashtrays. Skull ashtrays, would you- and like fake band merch. <laughs> I was about to well, say, like- would you get your knocked off metal tees from there? <laughs> yeah, I got so many knocked off metal tees from there. I got a cradle of filth T-shirt, a knockoff cradle of filth T-shirt that just had the word "fuck" on the back in massive letters. <laughs> that is bringing back memories. So bad I think we discussed that. You know, I think. I quite think, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, amazing. I used to buy um, bootleg cassettes and, and vinyl from Camden Market of like gigs. You could go and buy like the cassette or like a vinyl of the gig that you'd seen. And I remember buying a Depeche Mode one and being well excited and getting home and like you could barely hear it when the stereo oh, was no. on full volume. It was so <laughs> oh, shit. Man. There was a point when they... I, I didn't really go for a Camden Market phase. The only time we really bought anything there was when there was a very brief moment in time when they legalised magic mushrooms. And then we went to a Doors gig and we all had mushrooms and it was the best time ever. But I kind of missed the uh, sort of like... Sorry, was this in the 60s? <laughs> you saw the Doors? Yeah, I was going to say, you are much older than I thought you were. You went to a Doors gig and you took magic mushrooms in Camden Market. Went back in time. Are you (laughs) eighty? We just travelled through time. It was um, obviously Jim Morrison wasn't there, and it was uh, I can't remember who. Oh, was that the the, when um, Ian Asprey from the Cult fronted them? Yeah, it was it was Mm. bloody good. But that's it. That's my Camden Market purchases. I was quite chuffed with that one. Got no moody gear. My friends. <clears throat> my friend tried to buy weed from Camden Market. We, we were staying at his dad's flat, and he was like, oh, "I'm going to go and I'm going to go and get some weed." And we were quite impressed. <laughs> and he came back. He went, "Yeah, bought some, uh, bought some hash, uh, bought some weed." We were like, "Great!" And he was like, Let, "Let's unwrap it." And at no point did he suspect that anything uh, anything wrong was afoot when he'd bought weed in a small black plastic bag uh, and hash wrapped in tin foil. And he unwrapped it, and the weed was screwed up newspaper, and the hash was a little block of wood. <laughs> oh God! Oh. We laughed at him for a full hour. He'd spent four, he'd spent forty quid oh. on newspaper and a tiny block of wood. Oh no! Oh, there was there, there there was a mate of mine called Dean, and uh, and there was this this there was a rumor that there was this guy that you could go and buy weed off. Uh, at this like burger van near where we lived, and uh, and he was like, yeah, he's always like parked up near the burger van, and uh, and we sort of lived about a mile from it. <clears throat> we was like Dean, like because he had like he was the only like one of us that like had like, a motorbike. He had like a, a really shit sort of scooter, and uh, and we was like, go, go up the burger van and see if like that fella's there and, and like get a sixteenth. <clears throat> and uh, and I remember he sort of just <laughs> drove up there. This before mobile phones, and then like ages later, he come back, and I was like, "Was he there?" He was like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." I said, "Like, what happened?" He said, "Oh, well, he took my money, and as as he walked back to his car, he got in the car, <laughs> drove off, and his other mate had fucked off on my moped as well. <laughs> he just got oh god, double stitched up, had his moped oh. stolen, and took his money. Oh shit! Should we do the top let's spot? Do the, let's do numero uno. It's quite obscure, my my number one, I think. But so this is a film that I saw on a plane. I was on I was on a and this is another school trip story. 
um, we were on a plane, um, and it was back when. Do you remember when you didn't get all the films on planes? Yeah. yeah. So they had the films, but you had to pay, you had to pay for films basically. Uh, you didn't just get a whole package. Like there were a couple of free ones, but there were ones you had to swipe your card in the little telephone mm. to get. Um, but uh, because there was like a big like rabble of us, I remember the air hostess giving us the code to just get all the oh. films free. Because I think she was either charmed by us or just wanted just to shut the fuck up. Yeah, probably the latter. Uh, I, th- I think it was the latter. I think in my head at the time, we were probably like 13. I was like, this air hostess is really dazzled by our, <laughs> our, our vocab and lines. It's sheer wit. Um, so she gave us the code for all the films. And one of the films uh, was uh, called The Devil's Advocate. Um, it is... Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. it Keanu Reeves in there. Yeah, it's Keanu Reeves. This playing a lawyer um, who also, spoiler warning, is the son of Satan, played by Al Pacino, um, who tempts him into uh, representing him uh, and basically to, to display uh, that as a lawyer he uh, lacks the morals uh, to, to be good, basically, so he can take over as Satan. Um, it's mad... Uh, Charlize Theron's in it. She oh, goes bonkers. I she's naked she in it at some point as well, but she's yeah. yeah, she goes psycho. But there's a scene towards the end when it's all revealed that Keanu Reeves is uh, is Al Pacino's uh, son, the son of Satan, uh, and Co- Connie Nielsen, who has been in it the, the whole way through. Uh, it's a full frontal nude scene where she tries to tempt Keanu Reeves into having sex with her in Al Pacino's office, and like the the wall is like all swirling with demons and spirits and she's completely butt naked and she's very, very attractive woman, but also I love heavy metal. There's a real metal (laughs) vibe to the whole scene. Um, What I had forgotten about this, I remember watching it on the plane and just being like, I am sat on a plane watching a TV with a naked woman on it. Life does not get better than this. Tell me you was wearing that Cradle of Filth t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Sat next to your dad. Um, slight, slight hitch reading back the plot, as I did today. Um, part of the plot is she is actually his sister. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is pretty... <laughs> so she's Al Pacino's daughter, and he's trying to get them to make like a little demon baby. That's it. But I think as a 13-year-old, I completely ignored that element of it. I was like, well, get rid of that weirdness. <laughs> yeah. There's just a hot red-headed lady. <laughs> With everything out, and there's fire and demons. This is so cool. That's a good one. I didn't even think of that, Ed. That 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 uh, must have stuck. Well, I think about it every day of my life. <laughs> well, I mean, has anybody got any um, ones that they know were body doubles? Um, no, I don't think so. None. Mine are all legit. Yeah. So, um, I can tell you that one of my my probably favourite uh, one of the most beautiful women of all time is Britt Eglin and um, in the Wicker Man scene where she's dancing uh, against the wall do you know the scene yeah. I'm talking about where there's like, an, an Edward Woodward's in the room next door and then there's just this kind of uh, weird movement she does where you see something quite explicit not her oh, body double Body double. Does that does that ruin it for you? No, no, no. I've got a very vivid <laughs> imagination, Ed. Um, and, uh, and and another one. And these um, are body double scenes. Is your top five yes. body doubles amazing? No, no. I'm just thinking of a few. All it was was um, I remember like I love that. That's your that's your thing. You like <laughs> you like uh, you like nudity and you like being <laughs> yeah. lied to. That's what really mine is. Plastic, like. plastic breasts and yeah. dicks, <laughs> and you like the lie. Well, neither of you like to be given given what's presented. That's what. <laughs> it's got to be subverted in some way. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I, I used to do lots of work with um, the the actor that played Jay in the Inbetweeners, and the scene in um, the film when he's standing by the swimming pool and the young lad runs up and pulls his trunk stand, he refused to do that. That's a, that's, that's a cock double. Is it? A stunt cock? Cock double. Yeah. Oh, incredible. <laughs> who's, who's doing that, though? Who's, who's on set at that point and goes, all right, I'll step up. You can use mine. Cut! Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the ADs just runs on and just whips out his 
wiener. Because you'd you'd never be able to tell anyone, would you? <laughs> you'd be going, oh, I'm an actor. Have you done much film work? <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Don't go on my MDB. Um, have you, uh, so would either of you go full frontal naked? Uh, for for a part think, in something. Well, no, well, firstly, I'm not an actor, but I mean, uh, there's any excuse really for me um, to show my penis. Really, um, I don't know. I don't think it bothered me now, but I think like as a kid, I mean, or like a young man, that would probably terrify. I, I me. don't. I don't, I'm not asking <laughs> for young boys to take their clothes off. Just want to clarify that. <laughs> it's a different top five. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I think young when I was younger I would now. I don't, whatever. But I don't think that's ever going to ever arise where someone's going to need me to be a stunt cock in a movie, Stu. How about you, mate? Would you do it? Ed? Ed? I think, I, I think it, depends, it depends what it was. Because I think if it was any, anything serious where they were like, and now this is going to be a thing where you're, you have to be sexy and take your clothes off, I'd say, absolutely not. Because it's fucking ridiculous. And I wouldn't take myself <laughs> seriously and no one else would. But if it was like a Jason Siegel forgetting Sarah Marshall, Ed Gamble Siegel. coming out of a cake. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, me coming out of a cake <laughs> with my dick out. I would one hundred percent do that. I think if it was for you know, if I knew it was going to be a uh, you know, a, if it was like a film or a good sitcom or something like that, yeah, why why not? Brilliant. Although having said that, those things never go away, really, do they? No. Now. Well, you can just write one Google search, one drunken Google search later. Yeah. And you'll... As I've found out, I'll be on the next drunk cast. Top, top five egg gamble dick pics if you someone else. Um, well, before we start to wrap things up, Ed, uh, I want to talk about your new podcast because um, as, as we discussed on, on, on the drunk cast, um, we're all huge music fans uh, and you've, you've took that love of music to your new podcast. Yeah, so I do. Uh, I, well, the, the whole series is out now, actually, which is nice. So I can just sort of push people towards it. It's called Life, as uh, it's on Spotify, uh, and it's about. So I love heavy metal, as I mentioned, and it's about uh, it's about bands on the whole that have been going for a long time and never made it as massive bands, uh, but are still going. And it's about what it takes to sustain a life in the music industry when you're not necessarily famous or rich. So it's about you know sticking with the love of music and overcoming hurdles that are put up in your way so we, we interview a lot of older bands like uh diamond head and <clears throat> skin dread uh sepultura we, we interview loads loads of bands rock goddess like re- some really obscure bands as well that probably had a bit of a moment back in the 70s and then and then just sort of stayed at the same level until now but they're still going which i find really impressive uh, and then a couple of newer metal bands as well about you know about what it's what it takes to start off in music now when there's basically there's fuck all money in it, so you really do have to do it for the love. But um, it, it it does strike me though. It's like um, I don't, I can't even remember if we spoke about this on the drunk cast. But I, um, when James Dunn um, off the beaten track, we was talking about kind of tribes in music and 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 the fact that you know in the early nineties there were so many different kind of genres of 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 music and then sub genres of alternative music and and all of them had quite specific dress codes and 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 such and that's all disappeared apart from metal metal is still yeah. like it's it's just it's never going to go is it it's like that 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 kind of metal imagery is so solid totally i think uh yeah if you go to a metal gig that you see you see the same faces as well if you go to metal gigs in London and it really it really feels like a tribe still. But I think there's I think within metal people feel more comfortable listening to other types of music now. Yeah. So I think genre boundaries have been blurred a little bit there as well. And like there's a lot of a lot of metal heads are really into like dark wave music and uh and sort of uh shoegaze music and things cross over. And I think metal as a genre particularly is quite absorbent of other genres. Yeah. So like you, you'll find in, in black metal, especially they'll, they'll use a lot of shoegaze yeah. and they'll use a lot of electronic music and, and they really take other genres on nicely, but, but also you're right. It really still feels like a tribe. If you say you're into metal, you've, and someone else's, you've immediately got something to talk about. It's, um, it, it's, it's interesting. You say about that shoegaze thing, because I, 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 I interviewed, um, Andy Bell a little while ago from, from who, who was in Oasis and ride and, and, and ride were a band that I, I guess you know, some of the early pioneers of shoegaze scene uh, and 
and it was really weird because I was sort of chatting to him and he was saying like um, that the, the, the shoegaze thing, he said like kind of fizzled out in the UK a little bit, but America just bought into it. And he said, and, and, I, and I then said to him, when I first heard Minerva by Deftones, I was like, that's pure fucking shoegaze. Totally. And like, yeah. And and there's so much stuff in in that kind of side of metal. I think that it's just them layers of guitars that is is pure dreamy shoegaze. Because you can totally you can you can build a wall of noise with that. Mm. <clears throat> and you know it sounds melodic and it sounds pretty and sparkly, but also it can be fucking loud. Yeah. And I think that's that's what metal bands look for is just new ways of being extremely loud. There's a black metal band called Death Heaven who are like considered you know pretty pioneering in terms of what they do. So there's a lot of black metal it's it's a horrible wall of noise but it's also shoegaze guitars uh, they're well worth checking out if that's the sort of thing you're into yeah 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 but the vo- the vocals are often people's biggest sticking point with metal mm. so that's like screech black metal vocals so it's like ah, like a fucking horrible yeah um and that's because most people seem to say i like the guitars but oh no i couldn't you, understand what that man was saying did you always like the screech the, the screaming do you like the screaming <clears throat> Or is it, or is it like a, a yeah. progression for you that the the more you listen to black metal, you the more you got into that and appreciated the the variety in that. It never bothered. It never bothered me. Um, I always wanted to listen to something more heavy. So me and all my friends were into new metal, and then they all sort of dropped out of it, and I just constantly wanted to push it and listen to more and more extreme stuff. I sort of keep it a bit more varied now. I have to be in the right mood for some fucking horrible screaming stuff. Uh, but no, I still, I really, I really like it. I mean, I remember, I think the first time I heard Fear Factory or Machine Head and just the really yeah. aggressive vocals was just, yeah, it was just huge. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I like it. I, I can take some of it, but I, I like the kind of, the, the more sort of Chino and Mike Patton approach of like being able to mm-hmm. scream and then just switch it and just have an incredible like, you know, singing voice as well as a screaming voice. I think like I kind of like that kind of when I can switch it up. You know, totally. Yeah. I mean, I th- it took me a while to appreciate Deftones properly. I think because I started listening to new metal when it was like some of the really obvious yeah. stuff, like Limp Bizkit and to an extent Corn, yeah. and then Deftones were lumped in with that. But they're more of a just a they're more of a rock band. Mm. They're not like they don't feel yeah. like a metal band to me. They're more. I agree. Of a sort I of think the first time I heard Death Times, I sort of it took me a little while to get my ear into it, and then I, I, weirdly, I was on a, another school trip to Belgium, and uh, I had that on just the cassette, and uh, oh, once once I was forced to sat, sit there and listen to it for like an hour, I was like, I can't. I just thought I'd won the the lottery. I was absolutely looking round, yeah, and people are just like looking at me, like, "What are you listening to, mate?" And I was in my element, loved it. It's mad that they got lumped in with uh, like Slipknot, Corn, System of a Down, fucking Mudvayne, Mushroom Head. Yeah, like I, I love Slipknot to death. Don't get me wrong, but they're not comparable in in any way. They're just not similar bands. Full stop. I, I think that's just because. Um, uh, Kerrang embraced the Deftones early on, didn't they? And I, and I guess the metal press got behind them, so I think that's probably why they got sort of lumped into that that scene. Um, but I guess they're one of them bands that that the the enemy were on board with them as well. They just seem to sort of transcend, I guess, mm-hmm. probably down to those sort of shoegaze stuff. But just um, regarding your podcast and, and the guests that were on there, did you have much involvement in choosing who you wanted to speak to? So we we had a bit, but then we did it. We did it with Spotify, so it's a Spotify uh, exclusive, yeah. and they they picked quite a lot as well. They were and the production company picks you, who we were working with, were very good at finding stories. Um, so we tried to dig dig around and find people with incredible stories. So there were a couple of bands I'd not even heard of, to be yeah. honest, like Grim Reaper, uh, who were like a new wave of British heavy metal band in the late seventies, early eighties, and have been going all this time. Great name the for a metal band. That, Yes, yeah, so it's so perfect, isn't it? And the lead singer is called Steve Grimlet, so it, it all works out. Perfectly. How many metal bands have searched and he, Google he's a, and gone Got Grim Reaper and then been like, "Fuck's sake!" <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got an amazing book uh, back there somewhere, which is called All Known Metal Bands, which is just a beautifully bound yeah. book, and it's just a list of every known metal band name. And there's some where you hit. I mean, Grim Reaper, I'm sure, is one of them. Where it's just like four pages of Grim Reapers. <laughs> So they do just list them 
They don't put Grim Reaper brackets times 50. They just put each individual entry for each Grim People Reaper. People saw it. Really I mean, funny. there's another band called Grim Reaper and they're like, I, yeah. I really don't yeah. care. Got to have it. <laughs> Got to be called Grim Reaper. But I, I would say that they were probably the first. That's how long they've been going. And, uh, and he's an amazing guy, Steve. But like three years ago, three or four years ago, I think I'm right in saying, they went to, uh, on, ho- uh, on holiday, on tour, to, uh, to South America. Um, and he... Uh, he got an infected foot and he had to have an ampute- amputate his leg Shit. Uh, when they were in Ecuador. Uh, and six months later, he was back on stage with Grim Reaper. Right. So stories like that, they're just incredible. So the production company did a lot of digging around to find, to find those guys. Um, but hopefully we'll do another series because there's loads of other people I want to talk to. How many to. episodes there's, is it, there's mate? There's some incredible stories out there. Uh, it's eight, I think. I think I'm right in saying. Lo- so... We spoke to Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth, which was fun. I got to tell my uh, T-shirt hmm. story, uh, and they're—I mean—they're great as well because they had so much controversy back in the '90s because they had another T-shirt which was official merch that had Jesus as a cunt That's written right. on the back. Yeah, of course. Um, and someone got arrested for wearing it, uh, so we talked to him about that. And then the eighth episode had to be recorded in lockdown, so I got to speak to metal stars across the globe, Incredible. which was a lot of fun. So eight episodes, and then fingers crossed, another series, and we're. You know, once this is all over, lockdown, we might get to travel and meet some new people. Wonderful. And, and off menu, what's happening? Off menu's ticking along. I think we've still got 25 episodes recorded in the bank. Wow. So, yeah, we were very, it's very lucky the way things have worked out because we always have quite, because we'll record, if we're going to record, if we have time to get together, we'll do, we'll try and do three or four in a day. Um, and then we went to America for two weeks uh, and did, I think we did 26 episodes in the States. Wow. So we're just releasing those slowly. So this series is about to be over and then we've got enough for another series, but we're doing like live streamed ones as well. So it's, yeah, it's all good. That is still going strong. Wonderful. Well, if it's all right with you, when we put this out, we'll, uh, we, we, we'll take you and off menu and stuff in it on the socials. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get it retweeted. Lovely. Ed, thanks so much for uh, giving up your time tonight, mate. Oh, oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for indulging me in my apparently completely grubby <laughs> tendencies. The only thing I'm a bit disappointed in is we've got through an hour and no one's mentioned the uh, nude scene in Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was there for the taking. You could have done that. It's in there now and people will be like, what's he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, Cheers, thanks, loads, mate. Oh, yeah. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, um, there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes, so if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 